I, yeah, there is one question that, we, that you only touched on that I was hoping you might fill out a bit more for us. What, for about Marbo, yeah. how did the Marbo decision affect you? Marbo, I think, uh, because I knew Uncle Eddie, uh, I, was, I was very fortunate that I grew up around um, the great leaders of the 50s and 60s. Uh, and Uncle Eddie, uh, I met on a number of occasions. Also met Uncle Vincent Lingiari from the Grinchy people uh, when, he, when he came through Brisbane in the mid-60s. Um, so the Marbo decision, uh, for a number of reasons, uh, the fact that uh, the fact that uh, Joe Bajalki Peterson steadfastly refused to um, engage with the the concept and principles underpinning the Marbo case, um, the fact that Uncle Eddie and his group of fellow plaintiffs had to spend ten years trying to advance the case through the Queensland courts, finally kicked down to High Court, and uh, on June the 3rd, 1982, the High Court, by majority decision of uh, six to one, the one dissenting judge was the Queenslander, um, found for Uncle Eddie and uh, found that uh, what I, cause when, when I started law school in 1970, um, I then, and Catherine and I got married in, in 71, 72, got a job as, um, as a law clerk. And uh, and we um, had to uh, our biggest biggest part of the practice was conveyancing. So I used to have to go down to um, the titles office in Adelaide Street every day, and I would do ten to fifteen property settlements a day. So I'd have to search the um, the property portfolios, and I'd go back to and I, I started to wonder just exactly. Um, how these, this property system worked and went right back through which is portfolios. So every bit of land in Queensland was, was recorded on these on those portfolios. And uh, every every uh, transfer during the from the time of original survey was recorded in this portfolio. So I was wondering where was the transmission of title, the transfer of title from my mob to the British Crown. Um, and there was never of course there was never one. So, and that's from, so late 60s, early 70s, I really started to put these questions to my lecturers out there at the Uni of Queensland. Um, never got any answers, of course, uh, because uh, your land was conquered, you know, <laughs> that's the end of the story. So, um, and that's when I started to read up on this whole concept of treaty, Treaty of Waitangi in New Zealand, series of treaties in the, uh, in the States, um, and um, and like I said, it just kept posing that question. Um, and I followed Uncle Eddie's, because Uncle Eddie was based here in Brisbane during the course of his case, uh, right the way through from uh, 82 to 92. And then he finally had to take the case down to uh, Canberra. But very sadly, Uncle Eddie had uh, terminal cancer by that time. And he, he died in, uh, I think it was March uh, 92. And then the decision came down in June '92, and uh, and the it's a it's a very complex decision. But um, in summarising it, um, lawyers were able to explain to me that uh, this essentially rejects the proposition that uh, that James Cook, uh, on behalf of the British Admiralty at the time, did not have the legal authority to universally extinguish uh, 
the native title rights of Akaledi Mabo and his seven fellow plaintiffs to their native title rights up there on the Mare Island. So the, the battle from then has, of course, been to to transport that decision across to, to the mainland. But that, that is good enough for us that, um, that uh, we'd, we'd won. Um, I, I still... Um, I, I still don't think it's a golden bullet that we were, we were seeking. We were still, um, you know, going from Caesar to Caesar. We're still doing this within the confines of the British legal system. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I'd rather have the matter dealt with by Aboriginal law, mm-hmm. and that's LORE and LAW, because at no time uh, have any of my tribal nations ever um, surrendered or ceded sovereignty to the British Crown. So, so that's that. That's that one big issue that we need to overcome before uh, we can treat with each other on an equal basis. So, treaty now. Um, and that, so that's been, you know, because went from back in the 90s, 1970s, we went from there to the Black Panther Party, from there to the Aboriginal Embassy, and right the way through the 70s, 80s, 90s, stuff to the present day. And we're still pursuing that um, that angle. Catherine and I went to Canberra uh, two weeks ago to attend a uh, a big workshop down there around this issue of treaty. So, um, treaty and sovereignty are the two big issues of the day for the Aboriginal people movement. What do you think it's going to take for a government to do a treaty? Oh, they'll never do it, of course, because they're totally dominated by the farmers and the uh, and the miners. So. But it's something that uh, we will continue to, uh, to to fight for. That'll be our our banner mm-hmm. uh, treaty now.